Hey, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is your host, Jim Cockrum from silentjim.com. The only link you'll ever need if you're a fan of this show, silentjim.com. Hey, we've got a guest today. He is a longtime friend of this community. His name is Jeff Cohen. He's with Seller Labs. He's been to more Amazon selling events and trade shows, traveled the world. He's a sponsor at regularly at Amazon events, such as The Proven Conference, our event that's coming up here as I record this very soon, theprovenconference.com. But I thought we'd spend some time with him today. We're going to talk about topics like risk, topics like Amazon, the future of Amazon, what's working well for sellers, what maybe isn't working so well anymore, what changes are on the horizon, how stable is it to be in this arena of being a seller online? Where do you find your stability and confidence as an Amazon seller? We're going to hit topics like that and a few other things. You're going to pick up a few tips for sure as well, because Jeff always comes ready to deliver some really powerful content that you can just take and use. So I think at the end of this episode, if you hang out with us for a few minutes, you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be equipped with some new information. You're going to have a new sense of confidence that being an internet-based business building warrior is a fantastic decision, regardless of what level your business is at. The future looks very bright. So there's some of the themes from today. And I'm going to jump on right now and get Jeff on the line so we can have a great chat with our friend Jeff Cohen from Seller Labs. So welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Jeff, what have you been up to, man? Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me back. You know, just... uh spent the summer really just kind of rejuvenating you know where the market is at today where the market is going and you know really just trying to figure out for myself and for seller labs is like you know what do sellers need to be doing tomorrow you know not today we 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 know what to do today but where's the market going in 2020 and 2021 and I was spending a lot of time thinking about that and just trying to understand like how the market's changing and how all these geopolitical things are affecting you know us as sellers and all the changes that go on at Amazon and spent a lot of time reflecting on that and and just trying to understand kind of where we are today and and where the future is headed. That's beautiful, and and I know you're one of the more qualified guys to talk on that subject because I look at the landscape of the connections and friends that I have in the industry and. I'd probably put you at the top of the list of the guys that have been to more events, have more connections. Your stack of business cards, people who know what they're talking about is probably bigger than anyone's. And I just love checking in with you from time to time for that reason on you know answering those questions that you just posed. Where are some of those opportunities that are coming down the road or maybe some of those challenges that sellers should be aware of? Like what's showing up on your radar? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is is not a new one. It's just one we continue to see, which is the cost of doing business on Amazon continues to get more expensive. You have to be better at managing your inventory. You have to be better at you know finding your products to to get the right profit margins. You have to be. You got to make sure you have insurance. You got to make sure you you know all these things that three years ago you could you could be okay at and still get away with. Today, you there's a lot more that's kind of required to uh, to master your business, right? Taxes are now 
Uh, taxes, I actually think in 2019 are getting easier uh, because now that we've got the, the new marketplace facilitator laws going into effect, uh, Amazon's collecting taxes. So if you're strictly on Amazon, that's actually getting easier as a as an owner. And you know, those are that's the biggest thing that I see is that is the business of being a seller on Amazon has gotten more complicated. Yeah, I think it's matured beyond where eBay ever was. And that's been obvious for a while, possibly. But eBay selling's kind of been the same for 20 years. Yeah. You, know, you, you find something and you flip it and you ship it and you're, done, you're kind of done with the transaction. Amazon's maturing. And uh, I think that's probably the best word I can come up with where, yeah, it's, kind of, it's a real business now. It's not like, oh yeah, I do that sometimes on weekends. It's, yeah. it's a real business. You got to treat it like a real business. The opportunity is as big or possibly bigger than it's ever been. Sellers are discovering. I mean, every time they run a prime promo, 100,000 prime people, new prime members sign up. So the customers are there. Yeah. So I saw it in, I think I saw this in 2016. I was in a conference in China that Amazon threw and you could kind of see that Amazon was trying to move away from the marketplace of resellers to mm-hmm. the marketplace of brand sellers. And I think that's why the brands of Death Wish Coffee and Dynasty Toys have really exploded. We call them emerging brands when we talk about them, brands that were born out of the Amazon ecosystem. We're seeing so many more of those come to market, right? People don't even realize this, but Instant Pot or Instapot, not Instant, Instapot wasn't a thing until they launched, until they really launched on Amazon and they became a thing. And funny enough, they followed the same methodology as Dynasty Toys. They didn't build a product, they built a community. And by building a community, they had everybody out there telling people to go buy their product. And then people were buying their product and finding recipes and sharing recipes and just blew the whole thing up. And like the ability to do that today is so much easier than it was. You know, it's funny, we talk about how much harder things are, but like the ability to launch a brand today is so much easier than it was five years ago or 20 years ago because you can do it by building a community and then launching it and then using a platform like Amazon to just have it blow up. And that's just, that's super exciting and awesome. Oh, it's incredible. The time we live in, I have to agree with you that from my vantage point, just just seeing the landscape of the the students coming into our community, the the rate of success, there's never been a better time. Because one of the last things I want to communicate is, oh, well, you're kind of too late. No, there's never been a better time. The game is always changing. So what you're going to hear is people who don't like change, yeah. And I'm saying, oh, I wish that still worked the way it used to. I wish I could still go to the Nike outlet store, buy any anything I wanted to, mark it up, double the price, and flip it on Amazon for a profit. And I can't do that anymore. So the the game is over, right? No. We've got people just starting off with the most basic of strategies, seeing success. It's always going to be changing. But the thing I was going to say too, uh, Jeff was it was Jeff Bezos himself who said just a few weeks ago, it's been a couple months at this point that we are better. The third-party marketplace sellers are better at stocking their shelves than they are. (laughs) Yeah. They need us. 2019, they've made a a conscious fundamental change to place the marketplace as the center of their future growth. That's huge. It's huge. You know, you 
you brought up the Nike retail arbitrage and, and, and the challenge of change. And, you know, a lot of, and I, you and I have bantered about this before is like, is retail arbitrage dead? And I think it's a great example of where retail arbitrage is not dead. Uh, it's still needed in the marketplace. The ability to have anybody sell a product on the Amazon marketplace is a fundamental principle of the marketplace in the original flywheel that Jeff Bezos created. But it's changed. And there are certain brands you can't sell anymore. And there are other brands that you can still sell. And the way that you have to get that inventory has changed. But that's just like you said, it's just for the people that have learned the new ways of doing it, they're still building multi-million dollar businesses to be able to do it. But private label has changed too. So let's not just look at RA and say it's changed. Three years ago, private label was about uh, finding a product, throwing a sticker on it, getting your brand registry and selling it. And that was the first private label product that I, that I launched was that way. And that, I, I actually think that's the way your community taught it. And, and you can still do that. But to be successful in today's private label, you really need to move to more of the brand strategy, which is really what, you know, what Brett kind of perfected with, with the Dynasty Toys, which is you got to build a brand. You got to build a community. And remember, like what I always tell people is that a brand invokes an emotion. When you hear the word apple, you think of this. You don't think I'm going to go to the fridge and get a red apple. And so there's an emotion that's been connected to the term apple, Coca-Cola, that you need to build into your product to where people are searching for you and your product, not just looking for the generic version of it. And so they both have changed. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I wrote it for the first time 18 years ago because I heard it from someone else smarter than me that said, the greatest asset you'll ever have, regardless of what your business model is, is a community of people who can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the principles of your, of your uh, original marketing book. Silent Sales Machine. Yeah. The, the version one through now version 10. I've had that concept ingrained in there. So yeah, there's some low hanging fruit models out there. And for the person that's thinking to themselves, it would change my life to put an extra $500 a week or a month in the bank. Completely radically change my life. Yep. But I'm nervous because I heard this expert over here say retail arbitrage is dead. So I don't know. Like, no, come on, get out there, follow some basic steps, flip some product. You're not going to hire all your friends and family and launch an eight-figure business with just that strategy. But it's a gateway into this incredible new world of opportunity. That, does that ring true with you? It completely rings true with me. And I think that one of the things I learned from your community at, at my first CES show was, was I met a lady. Her name was, I want to say her name was Trina. She was from the St. Louis area because I was from St. Louis. And so we had a connection. And she was telling me how she sold diabetic test strips and that Selling those, she made an extra five grand a month, and that five grand a month changed her life mm -hmm. because her husband was an over the road trucker and now he can be an at home trucker. And fast forward, you guys are, we're on what CES seven is coming up. The Proven Conference is CES number seven, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's changed names. It's even no. changed. And you gave me this picture over my shoulder. For those who are watching, uh, they see me pointing over my shoulder. A picture Jeff gave me the first five, the crowd shots of the first five. Man, I can't believe we're on number seven already. Right. So we're at seven. And I 
promised you I could find somebody at your conference who's still doing diabetic test strips. Because when I drive, I still see the signs. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about something that people would say, oh, that process is dead and it's oversaturated, but there are still people who are making that work for them. And so whether you're doing diabetic test trips, RA, OA, private label, building a brand, building a community, I think what you hit on is, is what's really important, which is what is your personal goal? And if your personal goal is to make $500, $1,000 a month, pay for a family vacation or, or just cover some extra bills, then you start listening to gurus. And remember that a lot of gurus out there are trying to sell you the dream. Right. They're getting in their Ferrari or their Lamborghini. They're taking videos from their house that they're renting. They're trying to sell you the dream because ultimately at the end, they want to sell you a big mastermind package or multi-thousand dollar course package or whatever it is that they're trying to sell you. And they don't give you the support to actually get that stuff done. And so set your own expectation of what you're trying to do and find something that gives you the support that's going to get you to where you need to be. Because anyone can write down the instructions of one, two, three. Heck, I'm not going to give away a secret here. It's all on YouTube, (laughs) right? Like a lot of this stuff's on YouTube, but having it structured and having it put in a way and having a community behind you that helps you take the next steps that you need is what really is driving people that are trying to people that are succeeding. That's right. That's right. You know, one thing I would add on to what you just said is every time I kind of think that, okay, we've kind of found the cap of strategy X, retail arbitrage, private label. It doesn't, it used to work this way. Now it doesn't. Every time I think we can draw a nice box around one of these strategies, along comes this person who's like, blows our mind. We get them on here and they're doing seven figures retail arbitrage sourcing from one popular, you know, I mean, just a few episodes ago, J.R. Cagle's talking about his seven figure business. 80% of his products coming right off the shelf at the local target. He has no intentions of doing a whole lot more than that because it's working so ridiculously well. And he told everybody exactly how he's doing it. Yeah. Because most people don't care I can tell you exactly how we manufacture software and and produce it to work and and connect it with sellers. But if you can't do it as well as I can, or if you can't come in and beat me at my own game, I don't care yeah. whether I share or not. And I think that what's important about what you said is that the reason that JR is successful is because he innovated. Yes. And what what I find that leads to failure is that when you try to just imitate, you fail. When you try to innovate, you succeed. And so if you're looking for the, hey, how do I move from A to B to C, and that's going to equal D, then you usually end up at E, F, or G, and then you're like, well, what do I do now? And the people who are sharp and witty and, and know how to kind of roll with the punches and take failure as a lesson for future success are the ones who are the most successful on Amazon. I love it, man. You know, if you follow the herd, you get slaughtered. That's been yeah. true in business from day one. It will always be true. And, and here we are offering a course where we teach people, hey, here's the steps you take to get started. But I think innovation to me, you, know, you, you mentioned it as being like witty and kind of taking a new approach. I completely agree with that. But I think sometimes innovation is just a simple matter of saying, okay, I know the basics now. What advantages do I have? Yeah. What works for me? Based on my disadvantage, my location. Maybe I'm homebound. 
So I've had, I have a lot more time. You know, I don't have kids anymore. I'm in that season of life where I can research online a lot. I can find, yep. So oh, online arbitrage might still work for you, searching for products online. Whereas someone who only has a few minutes a day, eh, maybe not. You know, so what disadvantages and advantages do you uniquely have? That becomes your innovation. Is right, saying, exactly. You know, where I live, the people I know. Like the guy who lives next door has a great product that he sells locally that's in a few local grocery stores. I can approach this guy in five minutes and possibly have a new killer product for Amazon. Zero risk for him, zero risk for me. We're not going to teach you in the course to go how to go next door, knock on his door and say, hey, man, let's have a conversation for a minute. But we're going to expose you to the, the landscape of opportunities. It's up to you to figure out your local advantages. And I would argue that's innovation. That's yeah. what innovating is applying your unique advantages. And the innovation, the innovation is just not do it. Like you nailed it right there. I don't want to try to, to, to try to add on to it, but it's like when you're able to take it and make it yours. Yeah. And you're also going to succeed more because it's something you actually believe in. That's right. And, and so you got to put, you got to be able to put time and energy and effort into something. And then you have to you know, take the, I actually just put this into a presentation yesterday that I did. And it was one of the lessons of failure within Amazon. It was talking about advertising and product launches and it was the failure of risk and that people, people are afraid to take risk because they're afraid to fail. But if you look at any of the great successful people in business, we all talk about our failures. We talk about the time we launched a product and we lost money. We talk about the time that we tried to launch a conference and nobody came. We try, you know, if people look at you and I and say, these guys are amazing and they're successful in everything they do, then we have failed in That's passing right. our story correctly because right. the amount of times that we've released code and had to pull it back because it didn't work or that we've had a customer mad at us, it's not about that. It's about how we handle that and improve our process for the next time. And, and it's the same thing with any business that you do, especially selling on Amazon. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I love the topic of failure. You know, we've heard the phrase embrace failure, encourage failure. The unique thing that we, the time period we live in right now, Jeff, is unique in human history where we can fail multiple times daily. Yeah. And still succeed wildly. Yep. That hasn't been true through all of human history and all of cultures. I mean, there's some cultures where if you fail, it meant you didn't find water that day. Yep. So 24 hours from now, you're dead. You fail, you didn't kill a rabbit, <laughs> you're dead. Now we get the privilege of like, oh, I ran three or four ads on Facebook yesterday and none of them worked. So yeah. you guess what? You run three or four more cheap and expensive Facebook ads the next day and one of them does work. What have you lost? Well, you had eight failures but one succeed, one success. It didn't cost you anything. It barely even inconvenienced you. If anything, well, it's the it's the ticket into success is failing frequently, small failures. Yeah, I'm not talking about massive failures. If we talked about our failures more, right? Because we are in a society where we're all trying to show how we're better than somebody else, and we're trying to one up and all these other things. So if we talked about our failures more, so here's in, here's an interesting point. Through my travels to China we tried to open an office in China and it failed. And it failed for a number of reasons, but I learned a lot about the Chinese economy. So I learned like when Starbucks tried to open an office in China or tried to open stores in China, um, people didn't understand the concept of paying money for coffee. So do you know what China is known for in China? I'm sorry, Starbucks is known for in China? 
They're known for these things called mooncakes, which are sold around the um, festivals. They're festivals and stuff like that. Yeah. And Starbucks is known for like, they're the, if you get Starbucks mooncakes, like those people really liked you. They went out and got something super nice. Okay. And it was the same thing. KFC, when they came in, they had to change their spices of their chicken. And so the other thing that I learned was that the culture in China, the culture in China is actually designed for competition and they're not afraid to fail, which is why you'll see that when they find something that they think is successful, they'll dump and pour money into it to try to ramp it up as fast as possible because um, they haven't had the uh, economic wealth that America has had for the length of time that we've had it. They've only really experienced this like say the last 20 years so like newfound wealth is this like new, it's a gold rush for them. Like we had the gold rush, you know, back in the, in the day. And so they, they take a different attitude because they see this opportunity to change their life. And they see this opportunity to that the reward of the risk is this great prosperity that they've never had, you know, the ability to gain. And we as Americans are so afraid to set ourselves back in our classes that we stop ourselves from taking that risk. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I bring it back to Amazon sellers is like, it's exactly like you said, everything with Amazon can be done in incremental risk that limits the risk to you. So you can enter RA with a hundred dollars still, right? There's there, that used to be the book five years ago. Everyone had the, how I started my business with a hundred dollar book. You can still do that. The tactics are different, but you can still do that. Uh, if you want to take a little bit more risk, you go into a private label and you launch a product. And so you can choose how much risk you want to take, but the market is still there. The, as you said, the people are still coming to Amazon to buy and the products are still flying off the shelf when you, you have to have a product that is different. You, know, you either need a product that has high velocity in the market and you find a way to start stocking it or you bring your own product to market and you find a way to make your product what I call uniquely different, right? And that's what, what Brett's done with Dynasty Toys by creating the robots and all these other things that as other people made the exact same product as him and started to kind of encroach on his market share, he adjusted and he pivoted. In our office, we call it pivot or persevere. You get to a point that you need to make a decision and you either persevere and push forward or you pivot and you make a change in your business. And a lot of people, when they're starting businesses, their failure to pivot is what ultimately leads to their failure. There's a great restaurant tour in Chicago. Um, there's two actually. One's called Richard Levy. You probably have heard of him because he is the caterer for like every major sporting venue, Levy restaurants. Oh, okay. And the other one is called Richard Millman. And he started a small little restaurant called Maggiano's. And now he has hundreds of different uh, restaurants here in the Chicago area and nationally. And when they were talking, the question was asked and it said, when do you know if a restaurant will be successful or a failure? And he said, the ability to pivot within the first 21 days will lead to the restaurant's success or failure. Because we come to the market with a concept. We come to the market with a, with a menu. And then the market is going to give us feedback. And our ability to adjust to that feedback is what's going to ultimately determine whether we're successful. So it wasn't the plan. The plan was just what got them there. 
It was their ability to adjust to the market as the market started to give them information back. And I think that's what we as sellers have to be able to do no matter what you're selling or yeah. how you're selling it. You know, the thought that comes to mind for me, a couple of things as you're saying that, the ability to pivot rapidly, that's really the only skill that's required. You know, around here, we talk a lot. You don't, you're not going to need a lot of money. Yep. Not going to be a lot of technical skill. You are going to have to be willing to learn constantly, pivot quickly. I just did a podcast episode with my son that hasn't aired yet as we're recording this, but we were talking about just in case information versus just in time information. Yep. You've got to be a consumer of just in time information, meaning, okay, this isn't working. Let's address this. Minimizing risks, able to change directions quickly, and the sky's the limit. If yeah. you can figure that out. But the old school business thinking, you know, I almost feel sorry for people with their MBA degrees because they're thinking, okay, I need a business plan. Next, I need investors. Next, I need a five-year written plan of what we're going to do and where we're going to build and what, you know, where we're going to locate our offices. And But in the meantime, the internet marketers in our community, you know, the people that do business the way we do, like we launched three new ideas yesterday. None of them worked. So we launched a couple more today. One of them yep. takes off. We put some resources behind it. We're flying the plane as we're building it constantly. Because again, the thing I want to emphasize is the price of failure has never been lower. Why not try at least? But as your business scales, uh, this is what we've seen it, it, with Seller Labs, right? We're in our sixth year of business, uh, six and a half years now. And, and one of the things that we've seen is that like, I've never written a five-year business plan for this company. Okay. Never had one. But like, now we're at the point with 65 employees and tens of thousands of customers, we're at the point where we do need a two-year plan. That plan probably is only valid for six months, but we do need a little bit of an understanding of what eight, 12, 18, 24 months is going to look like so that we can do the proper planning to figure out what we need to do to scale our business. Because it's easy to scale a business from zero to 1,000 and 1,000 to 10,000. It gets more complicated as you get bigger. but you know, that we have always built our business around the idea of pivot or persevere. It's been a, fu it's a fundamental concept from a book called The Lean Startup. It's a fundamental concept in agile programming. And it's a fundamental concept, I think, in just in general with what you have to do to be successful. And the, the fear, we talked a lot about fear. The fear that a lot of people have is that they fall in love with their product. They don't fall in love with the data. And so what we tell people is that the data should drive all your decisions. And the data is what ultimately drives a pivot or persevere moment. Because you set up, going back to science class, right? You set a hypothesis of what you believe you're going to do. And then the data is going to tell you whether you're doing that or not. And then once you understand whether you're doing that or not, that's when you have to decide whether you pivot or persevere. And where people fail is, the data is telling them to pivot and they continue to persevere because their love for the product is greater than their love for being successful with the concept. And, you know, I've launched, I think I told you before we started recording, I'm on my fourth product that I've launched before I actually found one that was successful. We've launched, you know, six different softwares and we have four today. And so a lot of our innovation and our success in the future comes from our ability to take risk and to, and they're calculated risk, 
um, but to take risk and to try new things and to see where the market is, is headed, not just where the market is at. That's beautiful, man. I love the innovative spirit that you guys have around there. I think that's where our, our community and your tools and your resources have been so valuable for so long. Is because you really do have innovation is kind of the theme that might even actually make it into the title. I hadn't decided <laughs> what the title this one is. I'm kind of thinking as we talk that your ability to innovate, to pivot, knowing when to persevere, we call it bolting and bouncing around here too, is another yep. phrase that our community's heard. You know, Scott Miller, Brett's father in law, talks about bolting and bouncing. When, you, when you've got something that works, you bolt it down, you set yep. it in such a way that it's going to persevere. You, you put the resources into it, you continue building on that. When you start to get those signals, hey, maybe it's time to, to start something else. Minimizing your risks, man. That, I think that's another theme here too. So you always, you always love when, and it always seems to happen in a weird way whenever we, we, we hit the record button, but to bring it kind of back together, like we started this conversation with talking about how Amazon is pivoting. Constantly. And so the market is pivoting, therefore you have to pivot. And so you know, it's not to say because Amazon is moving to and and putting more priority on the third party marketplace, that doesn't mean that wholesale uh, and wholesale relationships and first party selling is dead. It just means that that ship is turning and it's changing, and you have to just see how those changes affect you. And I think what happens a lot of times, and we and I think I actually presented on this at. at CES. So if you have all the old videos, you'd probably at the Proven Conference, you probably would see it. We have this idea of FOMA, right? The fear of missing out. Yes. And what happens is, is that like we see the change occurring and we feel like we need to change with it or we can't keep doing what we were doing because of that. And a lot of people just flip out when Amazon makes these changes without truly understanding what's happening. And that's where the gurus come in to sink their teeth in like sharks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. They prey upon fear. fear. Yeah. 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 I think we both said it at the same time, yeah, right? we did, man. Jinx, it's, you buy me a Coke next time we see each other. It's a marketer's dream, man, to have yeah. some people who are, you know, if they're waking up afraid of something, man, you can market to that all day. So I see one of the roles that we've played when I say your organization, ours, is like, yeah. hey, guys, the future's never looked brighter. And I'm not making that up. Here's the, you know, we were talking before I hit the record button today. There's no shortage of ridiculously awesome success stories being generated from people who found our community three weeks ago, yep. you know, three months ago. And they're doing the basic stuff that supposedly is dead, according to the other experts in the industry, but they're building incredible businesses doing it. Yeah, there's risks in every business. Yeah, you're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to be flexible. You might fail occasionally, but the opportunity... If you had to pick a time, here's the way I like to, to kind of encapsulate this whole thing is if you had to, if you stood back and you could in, insert yourself into any point in human history that you wanted to and have the greatest odds of succeeding as an entrepreneur, there's no question in my mind that you'd pick the chance to be right now, alive right now, with the tools we have available to us and the opportunities we have available to us right now, ideally in a westernized nation where the electricity works and the, you know, the, <laughs> the internet is consistent, right? Internet's consistent. Yeah. And dude, are you kidding me? Nothing compares. And so those who find time to complain or think, oh, this opportunity is dead or that strategy is gone. Like, do you realize the time that we live in, the opportunity that we have? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the thing is, is, you know, when I look at consistent traits of successful sellers, 
what I look at is, is their ability to adapt to the situation. I look at their ability to take risk. I look at their ability to not take no as an answer. And I look at their ability to see the optimistic side of things, which means that they're moving with change versus fighting the change that occurs. And, and I think the last is that they all work hard. And I think that's something that sometimes gets uh, you know missed is, is that this isn't the four-hour work week. <laughs> it's not. You've got to work hard. And what's funny is, is if you really break down the four-hour work week, it's really Tim Ferriss actually put a whole process together so that he could sell the concept of the four-hour work week because it was a concept that he thought people would get excited about, which is exactly what happened. And I do I actually know people who work only four hours a week, and I think they're great. But the reality is for most people, it's a pipe dream. And the successful people, I would guarantee if you asked all the success stories to come onto your show, how much time they put into it, it's a larger amount of time than the people who are dropping out and failing. Oh, absolutely. And a significantly larger amount of time because it takes an effort uh, to master these skills and to become good at it and to figure out which part of it works best for you and the goals you're trying to set. Anything worth having. It's going to take time, commitment, perseverance, blood, sweat, and tears on occasion. And anyone who's telling you that's not the case, they're probably trying to sell you on a course. You know, business has always required work and it always will. Succeeding, it's always required work. But it's never been a better time than now. In spite of all of that, it's never been better. Yeah, the, the whole, I think work is a beautiful thing. So to me, uh, when I hear someone say four-hour work week, I'm like, man, that sounds miserable. I mean, <laughs> even in my retirement, I have no, and that's not even a word I plan on using. It doesn't even enter my brain. Yeah. I love working because to me, all working is it's serving others well, as yeah. evidenced by they want to pay me to do what I, the activity that I'm doing. I feel valuable if someone's willing to pay me for the value I'm providing. Uh, one of the things that we see in our, you just, some people retire and they, they start to feel like they don't have value anymore. Right. Because they're not serving anyone any longer. And, and it's, it's almost a yeah. death sentence in our culture at times. And you see their brain slow down. Yeah. Physically, mentally, just, you know, even emotionally kind of numb and like, okay, time to play golf again. And like, you know, right. that, we've been sold a dream that's just not true, man. The commercials are lying. So is this Life. the point where I come in and pitch my course right now? <laughs> yeah, <No>. sure. <laughs> No, but man, it's, it's awesome hanging out with you, man. Super excited yeah. you're going to be at the event with us here uh, as we're recording this, man. It's coming up fast. So you bring us the team and talk to us a little bit about what you have in mind and you're going to come. Just talk about the event for a minute and what your role is going to be there and the topic you're bringing and, and maybe a little bit about Seller Labs too, for those who aren't familiar with you guys, what you guys bring to the, to the show. Sure. Yeah. So um, Seller Labs has been in the space for six years. We have a, a tool, reputation management called Feedback Genius to help you get reviews, uh, product research called Scope, a analytic tool called Quantify, and an advertising tool called Ignite. We really come to the show really to just kind of hear and touch and talk to the community. Uh, and that's the best value we get out of the show. Uh, we like to be there to make ourselves available People come up to us and say, hey, I've been using your tool for a while. Can you show me how this works? 
or been wanting to start using your tool and haven't gotten around to it. So we'll, 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 you know, sit down with you or man, I've really been working on my advertising and I'm struggling. Can you help me out? And so ultimately I see us as a extended resource of the CES proven conference team that is there to assist sellers with kind of what's ailing them in their Amazon business. My presentation is going to be on uh, Amazon advertising. We're going to do a little bit more of like a workshop breakout type session, getting into some uh, pitfalls, explaining to people success and failure from advertising, how to avoid it, how to understand when maybe it's beyond your skill set and you need to go hire somebody to do it for you. Yeah, we're going to kind of cover some cover the topic of Amazon advertising at that more in-depth level during one of the breakout sessions. Um, but I'll be at the show. Uh, I'll be there, you know, all week, Wednesday through Friday. I'll be. Uh, I'm also on on LinkedIn, so people can reach out to me directly. And uh, really, just you know, love the community. We've been part of it for a long time. We see it as an extension of our family, of our business, and uh, you know, love you know all the success we see coming out of uh, the members. Beautiful. Well, thank you for being a, a longtime supporter of this community, and super excited to have you guys there as one of our featured sponsors, but you're the kind of guy that even if for some reason you weren't bringing Sellers Labs or there as a sponsor, I'd be like, hey, Jeff, man, you got to get to my event. What do you got for us? Come speak. Because yeah. like I said at the beginning, you're so plugged into what's happening in the industry. You've been to so many of these events. You're seeing what's happening around the world even with Amazon and some of these coming you know, pivots and changes. So a very valuable asset and friend to the listeners of this show. Let me leave, a, let me leave with a tip because I this is something you you and I experience this all the time is like people will see you or me at the event and you'll people sometimes they just hear our voices because they they're only listening to it on the podcast and they've heard our voice before come up to us and say hi oh absolutely yes <laughs> it, it's it's amazing sometimes I've seen you do this too you'll see somebody kind of looking at you but kind of afraid to come up and talk to you mm-hmm. so you and I will reach out to them and say hey. Yeah. And like realize like we're people, like we're people too. And we are, we're at the show to meet you. We're at the show to hear your story. We're at the show to converse with you. So don't feel like, oh, that's Jeff. I've heard him speak. He'll never talk to me. Like realize we're there. Uh, we're there to talk. We're there to chat and, you know, stop us and say hi and, you know, exchange business cards or connect with me on LinkedIn because that's really when, when I'm able to bring stuff back to a community uh, like this, it's because of all the conversations I have. I go home from a trade show exhausted because I've talked so much and I've interacted with so many people that I'm just, I'm just wiped out. And uh, it's a great feeling. My wife doesn't appreciate when I'm gone for three days and then I'm tired. But <laughs> you know that's, that's the fun of being there. And yeah. it's not to say that, the, that you're not going to get anything out of the presentations because the content's awesome. But the real value of a trade show, the real value of a conference, an event like this, is the connecting with people that are there. I completely agree. Yeah. I had a chance to get on the phone with someone one of our listener to this podcast who sent me an email and, and I was compelled like, hey, let's just get on the phone and chat through this. Yeah. And she said, you sound just like you do on the podcast. I'm like, how else would I sell? Right. The, the only difference between everyone that's going to be at the conference and maybe you and I, Jeff, is you and I invested in some, you know, $200 some nice plus microphones. microphones. <laughs> right. And we were, we're, we're internet marketing 
warriors. We're out there trying to build a business and serve our customers and community well. We found our niche. We found some things that work, some things that don't. But we're all in this together. It's a community absolutely. thing. So absolutely come up and talk to anybody. There's no hierarchy structure. We're all business owners. Yep. And if you're in the fight trying to provide value to customers, as evidenced by them paying you dollars for your services or goods, man, we're in the same fight. Let's partner up. Let's work together. So I love that you, you chose that as a, a good, solid way to start to land this episode, man. Absolutely. But like, like I was saying, man, you've been a great friend to this community for so long. I've got the cool picture hanging over my shoulder that you gave me one of the coolest gifts I've ever received from a sponsor at whatever our event. So thank you for that. And I can't wait to see you here in just a few weeks, man. September 11th through 13th, The Proven Conference. Come hang out. It's theprovenconference.com. Come hang out with Jeff and I and his team and our team. And at this point, we got about 600 people registered, man. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great three-day event. It'll be a fun time. So come on down and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time today, buddy. Appreciate it. And, uh, all right, thanks, Jim. For the listeners today, hey, thanks for hanging out with Jeff and I. God bless all the business building warriors out there. You know we're in your corner. Can't wait to bring you another episode real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.